Hi, welcome to Cotton in a Rocket Ship. I am your host, Lennox Mars Jr. And we have another installment of the book, Cotton in a Rocket Ship. If you guys are now tuning in, I would like to thank you for tuning in for one. And two, I would like to say that Cotton in a Rocket Ship is a book of my life um, detailing parts of my life from boyhood to manhood living in America and looking at race from my point of view. So this is season one, episode 17, and this piece is called E-Heaven. And just to give you a little background information, E-Heaven, it was the time where I had some time to process and think. So I was pretty much a professional at the time. I actually have this one or this piece. I actually have the time that it was posted when I actually created it. Some of the others were in my drafts, so they don't have a direct time to post, but eHeaven was one that I, I was posted and I selected to be a part of the book. This actually was created March 11th, 2014 at 12 a.m. So, thinking about it now, this one, this piece is created six years ago. And we will go into the piece called eHeaven. And I hope you guys enjoy. How will God judge us if only he had the time to use the internet? He'd grab the World Wide Web in his palm and quickly wipe it off. He would sit on his cloud and destroy our man-made clouds. Flick through channels on YouTube, read comments and acknowledge hatred. How could his children be made in his image and invent racists? and be racist. He would say our collective consciousness is corrupt, indeed led by greed. We have traded in his list for Craigslist. Halos for Halo, praises for Pinterest, Bibles for blogs, everlasting life for eHarmony, erected virtual worlds and slowly destroyed the one he, we was given. Trust our children to talking machines but afraid of the world we live in. I would not be surprised if someone agreed to live their life inside a computer screen. Pay a fee to upload your being into a machine and live forever. But the irony is, what is an artificial afterlife spent if you didn't make the original one better? E-Harmony. That was E Heaven. Um, and I like this piece because when you analyze, when you analyze my, my poetry, I would always say the foundation is always for me, God. And so I keep that 
in the beginning, the middle, and the end. No matter how angry I may get or how different my views are, that is like the core of me. So, and I think that's the core of, of many um, African Americans and black people. Um, and I just wanted to note that I use African Americans and black people because it's it's an easy identifying marker for people who have the same shared experiences and look like me. But I technically don't agree with those categories, so to speak. So I will get into that another time. But I use African Americans and black people interchangeably to ex- to experience or to illustrate to the reader who I am talking about, which is also um, telling in its concept, because once you say black, you think those are who, children of the suffrage or children of the Atlantic slave trade. When you say yellow, you think of Asians. When you say red, you think of Native Americans and so on and so on. You think of white, you think of those people who are Caucasian. And, and that is not right. Um, but E heaven, I always go into God. So I said, how will God judge us if only he had the internet to use? And he'd grab the world wide web in his palm and quickly wipe it off. I think I probably was looking at something horrific or I don't know. I can't remember the time that I was listening, looking at it, but I know I was probably reading the comments on YouTube when I was like, oh, man, these, these comments are disgusting. Um, and it always when you look at the comment section on YouTube or at the time I would look at like World Star, it's always racially co- um, connected. It was always something defi- divisive. It didn't matter what the content was it could have been a smiling puppy or something but if somebody was like it's a black puppy and they'll go into i hate black people this is why i hate black people or this is why i hate you know the n-word and i would just be like wow the vitriol um towards people who look like me but in in your everyday context you don't see it and that's how race plays out you know um, it's it's almost the air you breathe. You know the you know air and oxygen is here. You you breathe it in every day, but you don't see it. You don't see air. You know you can't see wind blowing. You only can see the trees move. So that's kind of like how racism is. It's it, especially when it's in institutionalized and in, in structured. So, you know, you can read the content. So it's like how God will judge us. So if he had something, just only the Internet, he would just be disgusted. Like, you know, like, wow. Because I was. So just imagine a a being of higher authority. And he's just using one thing, the Internet, the thing, one of the things we created. Um, This great, marvelous piece of of this great tool, I should say, you know. It, it, it's, it's very destructive and divisive as well. And so he, I said he would quickly grab the World Wide Web in his palm and quickly wipe it off. Just ugh, be done with it. 
he would sit on his cloud and destroy our man-made clouds. Flick through channels on YouTube, read comments, and acknowledge hatred. So he would just make his assessment, go through YouTube channels, and, and be like, ugh, you know, this is not right. How could his children be made in his image, invent races, and be racist? So, you know, when you go back, we are made in God's image, you know, and I say that because as human beings, we all have the same features. We all have noses, noses, we all have eyes, we all have lips, we have hair, but then we, we are very critical of the nuances, like your hair is straight, my hair is curly, your hair is red my hair is black your hair is this your hair is that you know your nose is bigger than mine your your eyes are bigger than mine you know like your lips are bigger than mine your your lips are smaller than mine like you know it your skin is dark your skin is light we we tend to go into this um just like nitpick at the 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 minor things instead of looking at the overarching picture you know, the overarching picture is that there isn't any, not that I know of, we don't have any, uh, like, Pokemon or something walking around or something, you know, like, a person with, like, a ram head um, walking around in broad daylight, you know, conducting business. And I think people would be comfortable with that. You know, you watch anime and you watch all these shows, you watch whether it was Charmed or Angel or something like that. We're, we're comfortable with seeing the otherworldly, but we're uncomfortable dealing with ourselves, like directly looking at ourselves. And he would say our collective consciousness is corrupt and dead led, led by greed. We have traded in his list for Craigslist, halos for halo, Praises for Pinterest, Bibles for blogs, everlasting life for eHarmony. So I, I have this play on words, so I'm using things online. I'm using websites to describe the comparison that we made in God's kingdom, you know, like the things we, we that symbolize God, um, especially I'm coming from a, a Christian background so I want the reader to know that you know if you're Buddhist that that wouldn't be your re frame of reference or if you're from um, or you're um, Muslim that wouldn't be your frame of reference even though you would have a um, an idea of who Jesus was but it wouldn't be di it would just be different so I'm, I'm coming from a background so I'm, I'm using you know the halos I'm using praises for Pinterest Bibles for blogs everlasting life for eHarmony because where we all come from especially like the the Abrahamic religions we 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 believe in everlasting life you know like you you be a good Christian a good Jew a good um, Muslim you will have everlasting life you know whatever heaven looks like in your doctrine that, that is a piece of it. And so your actions on earth 
determines how you are let in, you know, if you are let in. Um, but we've traded that. We've divorced ourselves from that thought. Or more so, we've invested more in the internet or having, pushing this technological advancement um, to wanting to live forever. So we, I would say, I would go on to say, we erected virtual worlds to slowly destroy the one we live in. And one thing about my community, we're deeply, we deeply care about the environment. It, it, we don't seem like it. I know it's not <laughs> told on the news, but like the other day, I, I told my mother-in-law, like, yeah, I smell rain. And she was like, you smell rain? Get out of here. You know, that was like our running joke. But, you know, where I come from, we're deeply connected with the environment. Like if the if. For example. For the past two to three years, I've noticed and people in my family, we always noticed that the weather is not the same. The weather has been. We either get very harsh winters or no winters at all. Spring has almost been become non-existent. Like our springs are pretty much relegated to well, this year it was relegated to two to almost two weeks. The flowers didn't bloom the way it did. You know, the rain didn't come. You know, when April showers, it's really April showers, right? So looking at April, the telltale signs is is rain you know because the trees need to grow we didn't get an abundance of rain until late april early may and that was a span of two weeks so and essentially spring has was was cold and then we went directly into summer i and i often tell the people who are close to me i said you know if we continue like this, the, the seasons will be non-existent. We're only going to have two seasons. We might have them on the calendar, on the books, but really we're just going to have winter and summer. Fall and, well, autumn and, and spring will be cut short or almost non-existent. Because I'm seeing that happen more and more where there's either a delay or the trees just get a signal and they all fall it it's not like a gradual change how we can see the turning leaves um in autumn you can see the different colors and the patterns especially when i live in new jersey it's a beautiful sight when you see trees turn from greens then you see brown then you see like a, a orange a yellows the reds and then it transitions off. We we don't see that anymore. We don't see that. It's just going to be two seasons. Winter, summer. The winters may be longer. The summer's going to be short. And that is how I'm looking at how the weather has changed from since I was a boy till now. Um, even now, um, roughly two days ago, it was a tornado yeah, we had like a tornado watch and we're in summer now and I'm in New Jersey 
which is unimaginable, you know? And then we trust our children to talking machines but afraid of the world we live in. So I said, we erected virtual worlds to slowly destroy the one we was given. Trust our children to talking machines but afraid of the world we live in. So, you know, my nephew is, he's five and he learns so quickly on, on, online. Like he, he learns from the internet. Like he's like a sponge. He, he can navigate the internet and he's learning how to read. So, well, he knows how to read pretty much, but he navigates the internet like a professional you know and the amazing thing about what he does is before he even knew how how to read was that he would ask Alexa to make phone calls for him so he didn't need to know how to memorize numbers he just needed to get Alexa to do his bidding which was amazing to me so he bypassed and circumvented using actual numbers to get what he wanted so if he wanted to call Lenny if he wanted to call me like he would say Alexa call Lenny and she would call me I'm like hey Eli how you call me he's like yeah I got Alexa to do it or he would got so and I'm, I'm watching my son and as much as we take we shelter him from like phones and and technology and want, wanting to and we have our our, our kind of like our tutor time I can see that at any moment's notice, if you put your phone down, he wants that phone and he knows how to get to YouTube to, to listen to Coco Melon or something like that. And this new age know how to use the technology well. Like in my age, in my era, and before then, we knew how to create the systems, but we weren't master users of the systems. But this new age, they, they can navigate it well. And I can tell, I remember a time before the internet. I don't think the children of the post-millennial generation, so those who, maybe those who probably grew up before 1990, because I remember when it, it boomed when I was in fourth grade. And I remember a time where we didn't really use the internet. We had typing class, but it wasn't like going on the internet. And so these chil the children will take to, and we as people, we take to this machine eat more easily and more f fixed than we can talk to a human being. Even especially now in COVID and social distancing, we can have Amazon Alexa, you know, listening on a conversations, our phones are tracking devices. We're just so accustomed and we've been acculturated to have to use the technology. But are we, are we really using the technology or is it us using the technology or technology using us? Um, so I just wanted to chime in and say like we trust our children to talking machines but afraid of the world we live in. And I know we have some apprehensive behavior in nature to, to our own, 
But however, I would honestly trust a human being before I talk. I trust a machine. Um, that's just me or the era that I come in, come from, you know? Like, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Like, you would trust the, talk, the, the voice uh, man behind the curtain or you, you would trust somebody you see in, in your face. Um, but I think people would trust the, the machine, which is the almost the man or woman behind the curtain. And I said, I would not be surprised if someone agreed to live their life inside a computer screen. And this is 2014. And so now I'm seeing more and more people want to live in like something called a sleeve. Um, a gentleman from, uh, he's from some Scandinavian country that he's creating a system where he wants to upload his consciousness. Um, I'm, I'm an avid, avid watcher of Ghost in a Shell. So talking about, you know, people growing up with full prosthetic bodies, it, what is humanity? These are all concepts that we will be faced with. Like, what is humanity if someone can upload their entire physical body into something that's um, essentially a machine? Is, is that person still living? How, how do we determine consciousness? How do we determine what is dead then? Even now, well, you know, we, we often talk about um, individuals who, who they're exper experimenting artificial hearts. So now, if you have an artificial heart, you may not have a pulse, or your pulse is off. Your, your, your rhythm is off because it's, it's, a, it's an artificial heart. So you may have a pulse, or you may not have a pulse, or it may be faint. And the way we determine life and death is through heartbeat and pulse. So is that person essentially living if they're walking around with no pulse? These are like all the concepts that we, I think about, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I think about. So this piece was more me going into the philosophical realm of, of, of what I consider and deem as, as God. And in comparison to the science of it all, and I know this is an age old battle between um, technology and, and and modern science and religion. There's, there's always, this is always a push and pull between religion and the scientific endeavors and the push. All black people want, or myself, I'm speaking, or let me just speak for myself, is that there is a balance between the two. And we should not discard the, the, the nature of it all because we, we definitely see or are in tune with, with things that go on. Like it, it may not be described, but we would say like, oh, this is weird. Like, you know, someone's playing around with the weather before there were any um, investigation with the heart machines or anything like that. We've already know that someone's been playing around with the weather or tampering, tampering with the weather. And I know some people may not believe in like harp or things of that nature, but it, it happened. We, we already have been playing with the weather. You know, there's something called cloud seeding where you can, um, and that they do this in, um, the Middle Eastern countries where it's very, it's a desert, it's very dry, it's very arid, 
is that they would seed clouds. They would inject it with as much moisture. It's a very expensive process, but they have the money. They, you know, their money is very, very long. It, and that's that's our uh, saying. If your money's long, that means you have a lot of money. But in these Middle Eastern countries, they, they seed clouds. You know, they inject as much moisture up into the air. It's through a process um, that I've seen on a documentary. And then they are able to get rain. So they are able to have and sustain some type of atmosphere. They do it in, like, you know, the Emirate countries. And then I go on to say I would not be surprised if I if someone agreed to live their life on a inside a computer screen, pay a fee, upload your being into a machine and live forever, um, which is, I'm sure, like all new technologies, people will rush to it. They would want to be the first ones to be um, a virtual consciousness. Um, but I'm, I'm leery of that. I'm just going to be full transparency. I'm going to put that out there. But I'm very leery of, of uploading any, anything or my consciousness. I'm, I'm leery of my Gmail password, much less putting myself or who I, who I am as a, a human being into, into any framework. You know, we're fighting with Facebook and and Twitter about, you know, messages and YouTube about privacy and control, just much less how much privacy and control you're going to have when the rights <laughs> to your consciousness is probably owned by Microsoft, right? Or owned, owned in a patent, is patented. And that's the play, that's the thing, the take we have on, on life is that it's owned by something. Especially when you now you're dabbling with corporations and, and entities and and those who have you know a legal status or they have a patent on the the information or the, the creation of this information will they have a patent on your life or your consciousness um, it's all these things we we would need to to reassess and restructure and especially in how we look at our religious context or well the religious context will seem to be non-existent as we continue on into our our technological advancement and technological journey and then I say, but the irony is, what is an artificial afterlife spent if you didn't make the original better? So I watch a lot of sci-fi movies and majority of the sci-fi movies or majority of, of our future is pretty dystopian. It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. You know, the world that if we were to travel like it's 2020 now, 2041, 2041, either Earth is destroyed and we've, <laughs> we're sojourning on on a big ship to another place where we have to fight the inhabitants, which I feel as though would be stupid if we had a planet that we wrecked, like, you know, someone just give you a brand new car and you wrecked it and you got to go steal someone else's car. 
<laughs> never mind. Uh, but I, I, I tell the audience I'm jesting, but it, it's a, the way we're going now. I can foresee that. Like, you know, we're all going to have to have, hop on a big ship. Most of us won't make it because the greedy ones are going to leave us behind. They'll leave the ones behind here and hop on a ship. So, and, le- and either leave the, the earth um, with like poor oxygen, no resources, just like strip bed, strip to the bones in order to make this ship to go steal someone else's ship and conquer someone else's homeworld, right? And then they probably gonna come back and see that the people, the inhabitants who lived on Earth, original Earth, Earth One, probably refashion Earth and don't want you back. So, and then you're not, you're not. They're gonna be quote unquote aliens to the the original Earth members. So it's gonna be like a like a fight because it's like, who are you guys? Like you guys left. You know, you're not. You're no longer from us. Of us. You know. So it. I'm going off on a rant or a tangent, but these are the things we I think about, I should say, I think about. So as we continue on, we could see that, you know, we are polluting the earth. You know, we have, you know, whether it's fracking or oil in in the ocean because some um, oil rig or infrastructure has has. um, has broken and they're dumping gallons of oil every day, it's like 500,000 gallons of oil, almost like how they did in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, or our, our overeating, our habits of, of, of killing the, the planet or killing out a species. We are the invasive species. Um, So we we eat up all the fish out of the ocean and not put it back, which is kind of hard to do, I would say. Nature's a very hardy, sustainable ecosystem. Nature gives a lot of abundance. So if you if you plant a seed, you water it. All all you have to do is continue to water it until it gets to a certain point, and then. The, the rain will water itself so we just have to maintain the environment and it will give us everything we need you know one seed can produce a tree that can essentially produce produce thousands of fruit a year and a, trees don't die unless we're cutting them down rarely do you see a, a, a tree die unless it's some type of insect or or termite but really trees can last for hundreds of years, like there were pictures of redwoods um, in like Oregon and like those big uh, northwestern states like Montana, like these redwoods are huge. You know, they're like the pictures, the base of the tree, there's about like 50 men sitting at the base of one tree. I, I haven't never seen a tree that big in my life. But, uh, and unfortunately, I'm sure they cut the tree down. But that to me is, is a sin. You know, that should be like any other historic monument. A tree gets to live over a thousand years, you know, leave it alone. Like, look what we're doing in the Amazon. You know, we're scorching, slashing, burning, chemical burning the Amazon. But the Amazon is, is 
for the world, it, it pretty much is 50% of our oxygen. So we have these things already set up in place to stay to, to sustain our lives. But we continue to destroy that and we have poor health or poor lung health, poor air quality. And then we, we have to create a technology in order to replace the original technology that we had. So if you planted a tree, for every tree that you destroyed, plant two, you know, plant two seeds, we would be in a way better place than what we are now. So the thoughts that I have, you know, this I kind of went out onto this um, e-heaven. I went out into my philosophical journey and my conscious journey and just to think about things that affect us daily but we don't have the opportunity to even think about because we are just stuck in our our little tiny boxes you know we're, we're stuck with I have to pay the bills I have to you know keep the lights on I have to eat I have to take care of my little one I have to do this I have to do that I have to go to school but real realize that um, the world is a lot bigger and if we all don't play our part to take care of this this planet called Earth we will lose it or the unfortunate part is the earth will be here we just won't we will be wiped out like any other species but the earth will, be, will still be here um, so that was E-Heaven and I want you guys to think on this piece and I like this piece because it, it, it gave me a lot of, of things to, to play with um, and as you can always see that I'm, I'm going back to the foundation I'm going back to the source and and then examining it from my point of view but this is Cotton in a Rocket Ship I hope you enjoyed this episode and peace.